Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it! The Warriors have won on a team-winning shot by Andre Iguodala! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Gasol says, pay plus a big ticket. T.C. Martin. And here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Ole. 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 Arrivederci. Oh, wrong open. There it is. What day are we at here? Hump day? Wednesday? We're still at Wednesday. Proverbial hump day. I love it. Ah, yes. T.C. Martin Show. Ballpark Frank here. Nunchuck on the other side of the semi-clean glass. Glad to have you with us here today. Well, it's going to get dirtier every day until somebody actually brings in some cleaning cleaner. products. Yeah. Shouldn't housekeeping be in here every day? Housekeeping? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That, that speed dial six. Mm. Remember, <laughs> there was no housekeeping in the bubble in the NCAA tournament. No housekeeping. That's it. You had to have your laundry set outside, dirty clothes, sheets outside, no change. Nope. Couldn't do it, man. Well, Three that's weeks. a form of housekeeping. Yeah. They just didn't go in the actual room. There's no actual in-room service. Right. But they did provide services yeah. for you. Well, if you're willing to make up your own bed. You know, some of these guys, yeah. Now, I, I've got a great story here that I've been wanting to get to for days. And I wanted to share it with Double B. But just a little teaser of that. And kudos to the NCAA for putting this tournament together. Because it was fantastic. But there were guys that worked their tails off. Guys and women. Uh, we talked about the, the food. Um, everyone just donated all kinds of time, effort, money. Uh, people were not getting a whole bunch of sleep because they wanted to make sure everything ran smoothly. The athletes were getting everything they needed. There weren't going to be any more COVID, you know, concerns, all that sort of thing. But yeah, there was a, a, a situation with one of the teams where they were superstitious, where they did not want to move out of their room because remember when the tournament started, there were 68 teams. And so as teams got eliminated, they, there were rooms that opened up and they could you know, be a little bit more spacious. Well, the one team said, we're going too good right now. We'll take our tiny little cramped quarters here and we're going to stay put. And they kept winning and kept winning and kept winning. And as you know, who that team probably is that I'm talking about. Well, I'm guessing it's the Baylor Bears. <laughs> no, it's UCLA. <laughs> oh, UCLA. It UCLA. Oh, so that's why you want the double B thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was UCLA who said, you know, no, we're not moving. We appreciate you, but we've got this mojo going. You know, we weren't even expecting to be here. And now we're in a play-in game, and we won that, and we won that, and we won that. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're fine. Don't move us. We're fine. So there's some superstitious, uh, superstitious stories out there uh, with that. But uh, 
kudos to the NCAA for pulling this off because we really don't talk enough about that. We talk about how great the games were. We talk about the Final Four Saturday and the Gonzaga-UCLA game. We give Baylor all the credit in the world for the you know winning the championship and that game on Monday night. But when you look at the people behind the scenes, because this has never been done before to construct this type of an event in a bubble format in one city that really was housed blocks apart. I mean, kudos for everyone who was involved with that. Yeah, now there would be some people that would say, well, there was some people talking about this stuff, but it was on a negative connotation because the women didn't quite get the same as the men at the start of the thing. So, but you're saying that for the men's tournament, kudos all across the board. Yeah. And then they caught up on the women's side of it as well. Right. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah. But, no, I mean, yeah. It, 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 and it was, you know, and outside of the VCU hiccup, I mean, COVID wasn't necessarily an issue either. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, they, they, they got it done. It was, for the most part, a, a very good entertaining tournament. And, uh, you know, a lot of gigantic upsets at the start of the tournament, more than ever in history. And then at the end, the two best teams met, and uh, I believe the best team won. Yep, absolutely correct. All right, good stuff. Anderson Hunt is going to join us today, the former UNLV running rebel. I wanted to have him on because there was a lot of talk about comparing Gonzaga to some of the great teams who went undefeated. And obviously UNLV got a lot of publicity and a lot of love with that, even though Gonzaga didn't win. I thought that was really great that it brings UNLV back to the forefront because we're always talking about UNLV here and the loyal fan base and the boosters still think it's 1990. We joke a lot about that, especially with the coaches hiring, you know, the coaching hiring and the, you know, the merry-go-round that's been going on with that for the and last five, six years. And then Scott Drew getting 18 years to get it done at Baylor. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> how, there are, how many coaches has UNLV had in those 18 years? Mm, great point. So... It's great that it gets brought back to UNLV and we get to see a lot of those highlights again. Like, oh, Gonzaga could be, you know, roll through undefeated. And, uh, you know, who was one of the last teams to do that? And, of course, we see the highlights of Anderson Hunt and Greg Anthony and Larry Johnson and George Ackles and Stacey Ogman and those guys and, and Tark. So it, it, it's great to bring that focus back and much needed for a lot of people here who's, you know, again, they want the Rebels to return to that. But as we know... They're a long way from that. And, uh, you know, everything from conference affiliation to the coaches to the, uh, the players that they've been getting, it's, it's tough. It, it's very tough. So wanted to have Anderson Hunt on today and just, uh, you know, kind of flashback a little bit and, and compare. And I made the comparison yesterday to not just Gonzaga, but the Baylor Bears, that team, the way they play, the way they look, how they were comparable to UNLV that nineteen, you know, ninety team, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I thought we'd get some good good thoughts from the former Rebel point guard. Yeah, no, I mean, it it, it should be interesting. It'll be good to hear from Anderson again, and and another guy, you know, and 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 I know a lot of people do the comparison too, and it's like, well, how many players uh, are these teams going to have going to the NBA? You know, every, a lot of people always want to make it sound like, well, you couldn't have been a great college team if you, if all your players didn't go and become superstars in the NBA. And it doesn't necessarily always equate. You know, college is a different game than the NBA game is. And especially in this day and age. I mean, if you just want to go by the, then then the best team of all time might be that Kentucky team that had like six guys go in the first round. But they were all so young and they didn't really accomplish anything there necessarily. So there's certainly different ways to look at it. But it is a whole different world today. But uh, yeah, those Rebel teams were great. And, And I think it also 
to some people, maybe it was an eye opener when they found out. It's like, wait, UNLV didn't lose in the final, right? Because you know, it's kind of like the Miracle on Ice game. Everybody thinks they beat the Russians, and no, they had another game to play. Like Duke beat UNLV, but they hadn't won the championship yet. What could you imagine if they would have beat UNLV and then lost in the championship game? <laughs> it could have happened. We talked about that with Tim Brando the other day where he brought up the greatest games, and that uh, interview is up on the homepage on the website. Check that out at tcmartinshow.com. That was great stuff with Tim where he talked about the greatest games that not only he called buzzer beaters, but just you know what he's witnessed, what we've all witnessed over time. Yeah, and, some and, people, and some people forget that a great finish doesn't necessarily equate a great game. Exactly. Right. And so we talked about that. And Shout out to TJ Reeves and his Three Dog Thursday podcast, which he had me on earlier today. And it's funny you bring that up because we talked about that, and we talked about it with Tim Brando. And let's we'll talk about that right now. And you just hit the nail on the head, and I use that as an example. And I think Brando did too. That that miracle on ice. We think about that being the greatest game. That was a semifinal. And they still had to beat Finland. And I loved Mark Few's comment because they talked to him about that. And he goes, well, wait a minute. You know, we, you know, the United States still had to beat Finland. And, well, Baylor is a lot better than Finland, you know. And that is so true. But look at some of these great games. And I think Tim Brando said it best when he's talking about the Christian Leitner, the Kentucky-Duke game. That was a regional final. Yeah. People get that twisted. Oh, for sure. They think it's a championship game or it wasn't even a Final Four game. It was a regional final. So can we put these games in the context as greatest games? And yeah, I guess you can as far as finishes. But another, we, we talked about this before too, the 1983 NC State Houston game, not a great game. It was a great story because of what Jim Valvano and NC State did. I mean, that opening game, I think it had, they, was Pepperdine, and they, were, they had to come from behind to win that game, go to overtime, and they, they rolled through the tournament, underdog, underdog, a lot like UCLA. But that championship game was, I don't want to say a snoozer, but it was a low-scoring game. It was plotting. Everyone thought, oh, five slam and jam are going to get up and down the court. That never happened. And the the last shot was an air ball in a, in a, in a follow up and a putback yeah. by Lorenzo Charles. Yeah. Well, the second to last shot, second because the last shot was the dunk. Technically, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. But you know what I mean. It wasn't a great game. It was a great finish. And how many times have we seen great finishes, but maybe not great games? Well, the other thing about that, you mentioned that last shot being the air ball. What if it wouldn't have been an air ball? What if it was going to hit the rim or something? Would they have called the goaltending on it? <laughs> because if he caught it and stuffed it in and it wouldn't have been an air ball, yeah. technically that would have been offensive goaltending. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, even that. Now, I highly doubt short, they would have so called they it. Couldn't have, yeah. They, but, but again, if, it, but if it's, if it's yeah. on trajectory to the basket and you touch it, theoretically that's a goaltend. No replay I back highly, in those days, I too, right? I highly doubt that they would have called no, that. They wouldn't. But, and you couldn't even go on to the replay. No. We weren't doing that. Yeah. Didn't have it. Didn't have that technology back yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was a great game last Saturday. There was no question about it. It was fantastic. And, and that was great from start to finish. It was. Yeah. Right. And it was a semifinal. Okay, so so what? It doesn't have to be a final. And so many times the final doesn't live up to the hype, and it didn't in just reverse fashion for Gonzaga in comparison to USA and you know the USA uh, Miracle on Ice team. Well, and again, I mean, and uh, sorry for Cub fans out there to bring this one up, but the Bartman game wasn't the final of that. They still had a game after that. The Cubs still had a chance to win. Everybody who'd been, ever been to Wrigley Field in their life knew they weren't going to win that last game against Florida. But when they blew that game, they still had home field advantage and were 
in the driver's seat if they could just put it aside. Right. And but it wasn't every, a World Series game No, either. it wasn't a World Series game. Yeah. National Championship. It was a championship game, and it was, again, it was game six. I mean, there was another game. But nobody uh, – Bartman lost in the world. Really? How about Gonzalez error and another game and the pitcher beat? I mean, there's so many other things, but people want it. It it kind of grows more in your memory banks and that when you make everything sound like it was the final and that was the championship moment, even though so often in life, what we remember is that is not what actually happened. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people fail to realize that. No, there's a lot of examples of that. You can say that with uh, football, you know, playoff games. As well, too. wasn't a Super Bowl. Maybe not even a AFC or NFC championship game. I mean, you know, some of the, the, the great finishes are great games from start to finish. But, again, it just depends on what context that you're, you're putting in. But as far as great games and, and great Final Fours, yeah. But, uh, you know, when you, so many times we see Final Fours. We look forward to the Final Fours, and one game is a dog. And last Saturday, one game was definitely a dog. I mean, Baylor beat the heck out of Houston. I mean, the way they beat Houston down is exactly what they did in the championship game against Gonzaga. They beat them down, but at least we had that one shining moment. I hate to, I, you know, I can't stand that, you know. But anyway, uh, you know, we had that with UCLA and Gonzaga in the semifinal. Great game. Yeah, but, and when you think of the final four, we had one good game. That's what I'm saying. One good game and one dog game. And then again, the championship game was... Baylor just ruined the whole tournament. Yeah. They, just, they, 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 they just ran away with everybody and was better than everybody else. And see, Damn I them. like that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm one of the few guys, and we have this discussion all the time about, oh, what, you know, everyone loves underdogs. I get that. But Baylor was an underdog, too. They weren't the favorite. But the way they dismantled every opponent, they turned out you know, to basically be the best team, like you said, and to be a favorite. But, you know, I do. I like dynasties. I loved watching the, the Yankees roll over people. I loved it when the Golden State Warriors were rolling over people onto their 70 victories. I like that. you know. And again, I wasn't a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Definitely wasn't a LeBron James fan. So I, I enjoyed that. And Cleveland got their comeuptance. And you know they came back 3-1 and they beat the Warriors. But a lot of people hate on successful teams. And that's what I never understood. Why don't you go back in time, and as, as you get older, you'll go back and say, man, I remember watching those great Bulls teams. That was great. This and that. Oh, I hated them at the time. But, you know, as you get older, maybe you mature a little bit, you, you realize, hey, I was seeing greatness. I saw six NBA championships in a decade. I mean, embrace that. I say, don't hate on that. But we saw so many people, oh, I hate the Bulls for their success. I hate the Yankees for their success. You know, I you know, I hate the Warriors for their success, you know, during that, you know, four or five-year run. Come on. Isn't that kind of, though, as an athlete or a team or an organization, sometimes when you know you've really made it, when you have half the people loving you and the other half hating you because they can't stand how great you are and that sort of stuff? You know, like you mentioned with the Bulls teams and the Yankees teams and all those dynasties and that. But, but you know who loves them, definitely loves them, is the networks because people always tune in. And this day it's kind of weird because what used to be an organizational thing is almost like, like LeBron James is that guy no matter what team he goes to. Oh, well, now they're the favorite because he's on the team. He just hasn't done it all with one organization, so it's changed a little bit there. I think I'm going to start calling you Simon Barsinister now because you don't love underdog. You hate him. <laughs> <laughs> underdog, underdog. The underdog theme. Wow. Look at you go, man. That was some quickness right there. 
criminals in this world of fear bring the laws Frank is actually dancing right now. Look at this. You're talking about me dancing to my old school. That's breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not breaking glass when I'm doing it, though. I'm just reminiscing watching Underdog with Sweet Polly Purebred. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. Man, I haven't heard this song since, like, I was a little kid. Underdog. See, I remember that part. And I do love the underdogs. I do love the... Don't get me wrong here. I love underdogs. I do. But again, if there's greatness and there's dynasties, I, I appreciate that. How's that? I appreciate no, no. the dynasties. I, I know. I just throw, yeah. I, I throw in the Simon Bar Sinister. Yeah. And you know what's funny, too? Because sometimes Bar Sinister. what you think is an underdog, then years later, like you said, look back years later, Duke was an underdog in his UNLV. Yeah. Look at who was on that team. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, they never should have been an underdog. Well, look at the Warriors. The Warriors were a laughing stock. Remember, for all those years, I mean, you got to go back to 1975 before they won a championship, and now you you fast forward to what you know 2013, 2014, 15, 16. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, all that, all those years went by. I mean, they were a big-time underdog. Then all of a sudden, you know, people hate them for their success. Yeah, other teams used to say Warriors come out and play. Then when they got good, they were like, Warriors, stay away. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, staying away, the Arizona Wildcats decided to tell Sean Miller to stay away. They parted ways today officially. So Sean Miller out as head coach of the University of Arizona men's basketball team. You remember... The NCAA hit Arizona with five level one violations going back to last year. Of course, Sean Miller was part of this the whole NCAA investigation. You had Arizona, you had Kansas, uh, Kentucky. Uh, several schools were involved here. The big dogs, because yes. a lot of people, the blue always, bloods, yeah. yeah, because a lot of people always say, "Well, yeah, they're always going after the Boise states and the small schools and this and that." This was one where they went after the name schools and said, "No, we're going to start cracking down on you guys." So when I heard this news today that Sean Miller was fired, uh, I got a couple texts. And you know, you know how sometimes you just react immediately? My immediate response was, it's about time. And I don't know if that's right or not, but I thought this should have been done a year ago. I kind of thought the same thing. When I, when I saw it, when I got up this morning and I looked and I was like, hmm, what took so long? Right. There you go. That's, that's really kind of how I thought it. It's like, really? It, it's kind of like another story that we're going to get to about a guy who just lost an endorsement. And you're like... So, so 22 is the number, but again, go back to Sean Miller. <laughs> Arizona had been entangled in that uh, federal investigation back in 2017 where a lot of this took place here in, in, in Vegas, at the hotels where the wiretappings went and everything. And again, certain people went to prison, were found guilty, and one of those guys was Emmanuel Book Richardson, who was an Arizona uh, assistant coach uh, to Sean Miller, and he pled guilty to one felony count of conspiracy to commit bribery, being accused of accepting $20,000 to steer Arizona players to then-aspiring sports agent Christian Dawkins, who ended up doing some time as well. So during, during Dawkins' trial, prosecutors played the FBI uh, intercepted call, the tape, which Richardson told Dawkins that Miller was paying $10,000 a month to former player DeAndre Ayton, you know, the big man who is now playing with the Phoenix Suns. Miller consistently denied paying players to attend Arizona, but we knew that there was something to this. $10,000 a month to Ayton. And I remember, well, how'd, how'd they get him to go there? Um, wow. But he, he, was, he was getting paid. 
But yeah, so Sean Miller uh, gets the the exit papers today. Arizona tried to be very politically correct. We want to thank Sean, his wife, his kids for everything that they've done to Arizona. Uh, they're a perennial, you know, team in the tournament year in and year out. But uh, this year, you know, they did this self-imposed ban, so they couldn't par- participate in the NCAA tournament because they okay, we're going to give ourselves, you know, a one-year ban because they weren't that good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. now we'll, Arizona's we'll, we'll going to start. We'll take a ban to not yeah. go to a tournament yeah. we're not getting invited to. Yeah. So they got to start fresh. It'll be interesting to see which direction Arizona goes. But I again, I don't. And Bill Self, we just talked about him a few days ago getting a lifetime contract. Lifetime. He he was in the same conversation that Sean Miller was. Remember they're talking about oh what's happened to Bill Self, Kansas, you know, and they end up going to the tournament anyway. Come on. I mean, if we're going to go through this, let's not go halfway through it. If we're going to dole out sanctions and violations let's let's hit them hard here not just because you're a blue blood and you bring more money to the table to your conference and to the ncaa tournament we can't just turn a blind eye to it and to me i think that's what happened here well yeah and and guess what i mean if you start enforcing the rules unilaterally where everybody you know could be susceptible to them maybe you'll have more blue bloods and things like that but what i got out of your story there is the guy that went by the name of book ended up having the book thrown at him yeah absolutely correct there you go all right more news deshaun watson the latest lawsuit count up to 22 sexual assault inappropriate behavior uh two of the 22 have come out and uh the two of the women of the 22 have spoken publicly now. It seems like it is getting worse. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks. At what point in time does Deshaun Watson own up to this, talk more about this? His attorney is still playing the game. Well, wait a minute. You know, we've got 18 women that said nothing happened here. Now the lawsuit count is up to 22. How many of these are legit? How many are not? Well, the NFL is now taking this pretty serious. So the NFL is now conducting an investigation. And as you mentioned, two major companies have dropped their sponsorship for Deshaun Watson, uh, Nike and uh, Beats by Dre. And there are others that are now contemplating. We've seen this with other superstars. Alex Rodriguez, another guy's coming to mind off the top of my head. It just once, once one happened, then the dominoes kept uh, falling. Uh, others considering doing the same now. He also has deals with Reliant Energy, which is based in Houston. You know, Reliant Stadium, uh, where the Texans play. Uh, Rolex is contemplating dropping him. And uh, Lefty's Cheesecake. How about that? No. I'm sorry. Lefty's Cheesesteaks. Oh, cheese steaks. Cheese steaks, not okay. cheesecake. My bad. So it's the dinner, not the dessert. Yeah, Lefty's Cheesesteak. It's a franchise, and apparently Deshaun Watson is involved in this, and they're talking about opening up a couple locations with his name and his face being part of this. I'd like to try a Lefty's Cheesesteak, because you know me, I'm a cheesesteak fan. But, uh, yeah, uh, this is just the beginning, don't you believe? No, I, I do think it's the beginning. I'm still wondering how many more uh, women might come out. I know that Deshaun Watson's attorneys have also come out and said that it's like, well, yeah, you know what, uh, Some of the now they're trying to uh, smear the name of the first woman that came out saying that she was asking for $100,000 in that. And first off, he shouldn't be a sponsor for lefties because he's a right-hander. So right there, it's false advertising. That's right what I think. Yeah, I agree. Totally you know? agree, yeah. But yeah. as far as the Nike thing goes, I mean, Nike has stuck with people before through some controversy in that. And the first time I saw this, I'm like, they just blew up a marketing opportunity. They could have had the Watson line, tearaway jerseys, towels for the massage room and the shower, and the brand new Nike Speed Dial 3 shoe. 
that Nunchuck did have got a piece of the endorsement from. <laughs> there was opportunities there. Nike, whoosh, you just blew it. That's so, and, what, and, and what's their motto? Just do it. Do they have some uh, music? You, you should have played some great some music there behind behind that tirade there. There it is. A nice little commercial. Give Frank a nice little 30-second uh, commercial bed behind that. <laughs> the Nike just do it line. Oh. Tearaway jerseys. Tearaway jerseys. <laughs> the tearaway jersey line. Uh, how about the terrible towel? The terrible towel? That, yeah, black light not included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible towel that the Pittsburgh Steelers that would say, a wait a towel. minute, we, we have that. That's <laughs> infringement. We have that already. Deshaun, you can't have our terrible towel. Oh, jeez. This is the DNA towel. Yeah. <laughs> Are we making light of the story again? We're going to continue to make light of this, I guess, because... Uh. Well, it, it's kind of... I mean, let's be honest. 20, it took this long for Nike and some of the other sponsors to start dropping aside. 21, well, okay, 21, that's a winning hand. 22, you're busted. Yeah. Come on, man. Too much. Too many. I still love the defense of, well, there's 18 women who said he's, you know. What can you not do when it's 22? You cannot pay that man his money. Deshaun Watson. Pay that man his money. You can't get your money. Your money's being taken away right now. Just like the guy at the black sh- the, the blackjack table, he's pulling the chips in towards him right now. Like you said, Frank, 22. He was rubbing up, Too by, much. Rubbing up against those chips, and it got him in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. I, we'll continue to He find- should have gone to Paul Pierce's party. Everybody, w- they were there willingly. <laughs> You're an NFL quarterback. What are you doing? Nothing wrong with going to massage parlors, right? Nothing no, wrong if it's consensual between it's, two adults. Yeah, or or just just getting the massage, and you could take your you know your happy time hour somewhere else, mm. like at home. Oh, I went into a bar, ballers.com. All the ladies were there, but I know they want me. Yeah, I'm going after someone that doesn't. Gonna make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> What are you doing? Amazing. Craziness. This is a nunchuck story. You know, a lot of people still don't know what the speed dial three is. <laughs> nunchuck, get speed dial three on the phone. I, I think I want to call the massage parlor again. I want to ask him if Deshaun is there. <laughs> he's, taking a, he's taking a show on the road now. The new speed dial three shoe. Always pushes the right button. <laughs> when we come back, Anderson Hunt is going to join us, the former UNLV runner rebel. We'll talk March Madness. We'll talk Baylor Bears, Gonzaga, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright will join us next hour. We'll get his thoughts on all this, plus some NBA news as well, too. And uh, we'll give you a Major League Baseball update. I'll give it to you right now. Look at this. The Cubs and Brewers, man. Low-scoring affair today. You think the Cubs, after they got shut out yesterday, 4 nothing to the Brew Crew, they send Chris Bosio's man, Kyle Hendricks, to the mound today. He did his part. 1-1 one, one to the ninth. What happens? Brewers get two guys on. Three-run bomb. And the Brew Crew now leading 4-1. to one. Oh, so oh, it's in Wrigley. In the Wrigley. And we're in the 10th. Well, no, because when you said three-run bomb, I knew it had to be in Wrigley because otherwise yes. a three-run walk-off. That's true. Yeah. 4-1. <laughs> and that Cubs bullpen uh, deteriorates once again. 4-1. I'm sure glad I didn't bet the Cubs today. I was that close. Mm. Thank goodness. Sometimes the best bets you make are the ones you don't get in. You got that right. All right. (laughs) All right. We're back. 
Hoop Talk, Anderson Hunt, and a whole lot more. T.C. Martin Show. Hoop, there it is. Wednesday. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. In. Alright, don't forget and get the William Hill mobile app if you don't have it as of yet. Open a new account. Get yourself in gear. That's right. Download the app on the phone. Real easy to use. The in-game wagering options. Outstanding. Take advantage of it. Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA, it does not matter. But when you open a new account, $50 in free money if you use the promo code TC50. That's right. Use that promo code TC50. Get yourself $53 in a brand new account. That's it. They'll match it. Put 50 in. They'll give you an additional 50. It is the William Hill mobile app. It is a must-have, especially uh, during this uh, baseball season, basketball season. Jump on it. Even though we talked about it, we couldn't really jump on it in the championship game. We didn't need to. But it's good to have. Good option. And, and don't forget, hockey. Hockey also still in full force. Mm-hmm. There's always boxing events going on, MMA events all over the place, and the Olympics right around the corner, although North Korea will not be there. <laughs> That's good. I don't want to see them anyway. And what are they good in? I don't know, but I find it interesting that they say they're not going there because of fears of COVID, yet they are the one country on the planet that shows no COVID numbers or nothing like that for their own place because everything is, uh, you know, super secretive over there, and they let out nothing. <laughs> kind of like uh, the NHL. A little bit. Or the Golden Knights. Yeah. But in Korea, <laughs> there's not even upper and lower body injuries. There's just yeah. everything's wonderful and everybody's fine. <laughs> By the way, did you see that the uh, there is now talk of the United States boycotting the 2022 Olympics in China, the Winter Games? <sighs> it's a little premature for that, don't you think? I mean, I, I, I do, but I just eh, hmm. we'll, we'll follow the story closer as it gets down there. Yeah. But uh, I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't, I don't even like I, the talk I, of it. I, I didn't like the boycott in 1980. You know what I'm saying? I just I didn't like that. The at only all. ones you're punishing are the athletes. This is true. Exactly. All right. Speaking of athletes, uh, we got ourselves one. No doubt about it. Of course, UNLV fans very familiar with uh, our next guest. The former UNLV guard appeared in back-to-back Final Fours back in the day, as we know, uh, national championship under his belt. And, of course, he scored 29 points in that 103-73 demolishing of Duke that people still love to talk about the most outstanding player of the tournament in 1990. We're talking about the UNLV point guard, Anderson Hunt. What is going on, my man? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Great to have you, Anderson. Good to talk to you, brother. How have things been? I know Rebel fans, uh, they remember that team fondly, of course. Uh, You've you still been a staple here in Las Vegas for, for a long, long time. Uh, tell everybody what you're up to. Oh, man. I'm about to relocate back to uh, Vegas. You know, Vegas was my second home. That was about to be my first home, being born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. But, you know, Vegas accepted me back in accepted me back in 1987. So, you know, I always love Vegas and always will. You got that right, man. All right. And a Detroit guy, man, too. I mean, we know a lot oh, of yeah. great Detroit athletes uh, back in the day as well, too, man. And you were definitely one of those. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, uh, Anderson, every time around this year, um, 
the magical seasons of your team at UNLV get mentioned. And we saw a lot of that with the broadcast this year because of Gonzaga going undefeated up until the championship game. And I think that's really cool because, you know, people here in Vegas, they still remember those teams. And, you know, I'll say it. I mean, a lot of the boosters, a lot of fans, they still think it's 1990. And they want those Rebels to be good again. And they really haven't, as we know. And that's a little bit sad because we'd love to see the Rebels be good again. But I think it's really cool that, you know, we get to see the old clips and CBS is dishing them out, uh, you know, during the last few weeks because a lot of comparisons to the Gonzaga team of this year was your team at UNLV. When you see those highlights and you hear the talk about, you know, undefeated (laughs) seasons, how does that make you feel? Oh, man, it it still makes us feel relevant, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and, you know, I want to get all the praise to uh, Seth Greenberg because he's been talking it for the last two months. Right. He said Baylor is the only team he's seen that plays like us. And he's been saying it for the last two months, even before the tournament started, he said that. He said Baylor got the good guards. Um, they play defense. They can shoot the three. So he said the last team remind me of that is the Tar- 90 Tarkania team. And Seth Greenberg said that. So, and, you know, again, you my man Jay Rose. He always give me a shout-out. I love him. He's my little bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you say that because – I my I said this on the show the other day. It, exact same thing. When I look at this Baylor team, they remind me of that UNLV team with you. It did. Okay, we got Macy Oteague on Baylor. That's you. That's Anderson Hunt, I said. You got Jared Butler. That's Greg Anthony. You look at Stacey Ogman. That's Davion Mitchell. Larry Johnson, you could say Mark Vidal or any of those bigs that they want to bring off the bench. It really is. Oh, it, no. I, I got to cut you off. I got to cut you okay. off on your show. Okay. I know you didn't, I know you didn't compare Mark Vidal with Larry no, Johnson. No, I'm talking about just from a body <laughs> size. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you get, you get to correct me, and you get to slap me on the wrist. But you know what I'm saying. I'm just talking about the body size. But game? Hell oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell big, no. You're, you're right. a big body. Yeah, you so, know, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't realize um Dave Butler and Moses Curry was our enforcers. Yeah. And we didn't have them the second year. And also Larry Johnson didn't open it up and shoot no threes the second game when we lost to Duke in the final four in ninety one. Mm-hmm. When we was undefeated. Larry Johnson didn't shoot no threes. The mm-hmm. first year if you we recall he opened it um second half up shooting two threes and that opened the game wide open. Frank had a great point there in that 103-73 game against Duke. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, Anderson, I was mentioning, you know, because people are talking about, you know, what a blowout game it was. You take your 29 points out of that game, and you would have had a hell of a basketball game. It would have been a one-point win for UNLV still, but uh, <laughs> but you made it the blowout, my friend. <laughs> oh, that was, that's, a good, that's a great point. That's a funny point, but that's a great point, man. One other thing yep. I remember that people talk about those teams all the time, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, that playing in the games was actually almost like a luxury and a relief for you guys because practices were so damn hard that you finally got to take it out on somebody else. Oh, that's a true story, man. I hate, I hated practice. <laughs> and a lot of guys can, you know, can t- you know, a lot of guys can agree with me, man. We hated practice, man. Three, three and a half, four hours, two and a half hours defense. You know, if, if you know. It it was you know it was one of them times man when you seen another jersey 
from a different team, and, you know, you felt good. We don't have to beat up on ourselves. We can beat up on somebody else. Anderson Hunt joined his former UNLV guard on that running Rebel team, that championship team we're talking about. You know, it's funny, Anderson, that all the talk for the past few months was Gonzaga and then the comparison to UNLV like we talked about. Then after the championship game, and like we just hit on, the comparisons went from Baylor to UNLV because those teams, like we touched on, were kind of like built the same way. I mean, you guys had, you know, both teams had great guards, electrifying offense, can get up and down the, the floor, stellar D, imposing their will, intimidating teams, and no one, you know, wanted to play you guys. And really, when you look at this Baylor team, I mean, no one would want to sign up to play them as well, too. I mean, so when you, when you look at that yourself, do you view that, just like Seth Greenberg said, do you buy into that, that that Baylor team is probably the closest thing that you've seen over the last 30 years to remind you of your team? As far as defense intensity and, you know, all playing together and everybody is, is on the same page as far as defensively because defense brings your offense. Right. But, yes, I agree. You know, I, Baylor, if they would have played last year, they would have had a chance to win it back-to-back. So, you know, I, I mean, I would have loved that to happen because uh, Drew is, a, you know, he's a great coach. And he had, you know, he went to Louisiana. He went to Georgia. He went a few more places and built a team, especially coming from where they came from. You know, oh, man, you know, uh, my wife was just talking about that. She said, um, she was like, wow, last time Baylor was, you know, even talked about was when, they had the shooting at when they, you know, the players went hunting. Right. So, you know, I, I man, I'm so, you know, I'm so proud of that, you know, program. And I never been went went to Baylor one, one day. Never touched foot on the on the campus. But I'm proud of that, you know, program. You talk about, and we've talked a lot about that. Where this. Uh you know, program was when Scott Drew took over 18 years ago and the tragedy they had, but then, you know, the other sanctions and violations, I mean, you know, but from on the court, I mean, Baylor, you know, they built, Scott Drew built that over years and they were predominantly a zone team. You talk about Duke playing zone, Baylor was a zone team and, you know, but then over the years, they started playing more man-to-man. Now they're exclusively man-to-man. And how much of that do you think really adds to the intensity that they pretty much dropped the zone and they said, "Hey, man, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lock you up now. We're gonna get in your grill. We're gonna do a great job of playing man and ball." But that man defense really ramped up the intensity and was the key. Exactly. That's you know that's that's all um, coach having all the players buy into. His program, man. We go play defense. We go win championships. It's gonna be a process. But if you listen to me, this is this is what could happen, and that's what happened. So and that's what Tark did with us, you know. But you have to make adjustments. You know, all great coaches make adjustments during the tournament, during the season, in game, halftime, quarters, all that. You know, it's about in game adjustments, and then you have to have the players, you know, athletic and as knowledge of the game, you know you got to think the game. You know you can you can have a bunch of athletic uh, players, but if they're not playing together and thinking the game, you have a problem. So you know me personally, a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, Gonzaga this, Gonzaga that." Man, I, you know I give my hats off to Gonzaga, but I didn't really never compare them to us because we was always 
I'm gonna say tougher. We was we was tougher, and we had a lot of inner city guys. Right. You know, so that you know, I, you know, and we back then there wasn't a lot of ticky tack files. Right. So it was way tougher than now. If that's a word, but yeah, it was. You know, I really played back then. Now, honey, the only thing they have that we didn't have was the internet. <laughs> you know, going back to the the man zone, you know, topic there. You know, you guys played a lot of zone too, and you guys played a stellar zone. And for some players, they don't like playing it. They don't feel that you have the same intensity when you're playing man to man. What do you, What are your thoughts on that as a player? Did Did you enjoy playing the zone, or were you just as amped up playing man or zone? Either one. You know, like I say, that's going back to binding to your, you know, program. Mm-hmm. And we played the zone. Uh, we played man to man in practice. You know, we played zone maybe fifteen minutes, thirty minutes out out of the practice, but mainly we was playing man to man. So when we went to zone, that was like, you know, we can slack up a little bit. You know, but uh, zone and, and man is way is different. You know, a man to man, you just have to knuckle up and play. And, you know, um, play your man, look at the ball, you know, try to see the ball and everything. You have to see nine players. When you're playing, that's how I was taught. You have to see nine other players. You know, being from Detroit Southwestern and, you know, playing under Perry Watson, that's how I was taught. Certainly when you were on the basketball court, you were one of the better, the best shooters out there. Did you ever envision an era like today where the three-point line isn't just something that you do here and there in spots, but it's kind of it's the focal point of the game now? And how do you think you would be in today's game where everybody's looking for the three all the time? Because it seems to me like uh, you might have had a very, very long career in the NBA even. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because, you know, now – you know, us being older guys, I don't know how old you guys are, but me and some of my fellas, we, you know, sit around and, you know, tell lies and all that, swap stories. <laughs> but, man, I say, man, nowadays, how soft it is and all the ticky-tack files, uh, I average easily, easily 25. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I, I played on a team where – Two or three players, maybe four players, can average twenty. You know, um, score twenty five a night. But we had, we was in the system. A lot of people didn't realize that we played in the system. You know, so you know, I, I commend, my, I take my hats off to Coach Tart. A lot of people didn't give him credit for that. We had a system. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Anderson Hunt joins us, the former UNLV guard. You know, Anderson, the bonds are built in college, as you well know, and the, those those relationships are are life lasting, especially when you are part of something special. And I know that Baylor is feeling that now. Talk a little bit about you know the bond that you built with all of those guys in winning a championship, and you know how that just. Uh, you know, took you guys to another level of opportunities and things like that, but just the closeness, how you guys have stayed close over the years. Man, you brought up a, another great point, man. I, I tell you a lot of guys, man. I say, man, we keep in touch, man, but we don't take no no um, trips to uh, Hawaii, you know, uh, St. Croix. We don't take no – we don't do none of that. We don't do none of that. You know, we – we talk on the phone, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and all that. We don't do anything. We don't hang out, boys' night, uh, weekend out in Miami. We don't do none of that. 
So I'm 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 telling you, you hearing it first from me, yeah. and I hope all the fellas is listening. And I tell them all the time. I say, man, we getting too old, <laughs> not to not to you know hang out and you know tell our wives, oh man, I'm going to kick it with my fellas on the championship team. We gonna be we gonna be gone for the weekend or the whole week. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that. So you know you hearing it from me. But you should do that, right? As you're saying, let's who, exactly, who's going to be the man, guy? On, Anderson, man. you got to be the guy. Do I got to get everybody together? Do I got to round it right. up here? Who, who's going right. to be the right. spokesperson? You know, who's going to hey, be the guy to stir it up? Have, we might have two or three of the starting five hanging out, yeah. but it's never all the starting five from the championship team. Man, you got you know. to go reunion, brother. They got you. Got to have a big time reunion here. Let's go. Oh yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that, and I want to give a shout out to Kevin Kruger too. He just got the new job, yeah. the job out there, you know. So you know, and I, and I and I love his pops. His pops is so cool. He's one of the coolest cats ever that coached and played college basketball. Talk a little bit about. I mean, we've talked to Kevin about that and Lon as well. You know, recently about getting past players involved in the program and coming back. Uh, obviously, I'm sure that is something that you are open to. Uh, talk a little bit. Has that been missing from UNLV in the past? And and tell us how it should be. Oh, man, it's been missing. And one reason, you know, uh, I I talked to L. You know, I talked to LJ a lot. And he was, you know, he was kind of upset that Stacey Augman didn't get the interim job or anything. You know, a lot of people was upset about that, you know. So, you know, a lot of people kind of shied away from the program. So, hopefully, the only person really did, besides um, Lon Kruger, who really, who really, you know, reached out to all the old players, you know, uh, maybe second was Dave Rice, right. and maybe Dave should have been first instead of Lon, but you know, Lon had the job first. You know, Anderson. So, um, you you mentioned that you like to get on the golf course once in a while. Um, what do you do these days to stay in shape and to relax a little bit? And you're talking about a reunion. You know, uh, there's a ton of golf courses out here. Maybe you should have the Rebel reunion at a golf course, maybe with Lon Kruger and his coaches against cancer or something. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that happen on the golf courses here in Vegas, as you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I know. Um, my, LJ and my brother have um, been trying to get me on the golf course for the last – decade and a half so i'm gonna you know finally really get on it like on a maybe maybe four times a month you know so i don't know i'm not really a golfer you know but i'm an athlete i can you know so i don't know hopefully you know, we can do a lot of things you know with unlv hopefully but if not you know uh me and l me and l talk more than me and Stacey, or me and Greg. So me and uh, L, me and we'll, we'll come up with something so, golf related or something. How, how many times have you gone like in a gym or just maybe you know I don't know playground anymore in the last ten years or so? Uh, you know, a little pickup game and people don't know who you are. Do you ever try to do a little, little street hustle there, man? Say, hey, you know, I still got to get my game on. Let's go here. I mean, I'm sure you still got man, it. Man, I'm from Detroit, man. You know I always get my street hustle on. There you go. <laughs> Stop it, man. By the time, by time they down uh, $700,000, uh, they finally know who I am. 
<laughs> I mean, that's the game you got to play, man. See? That's, right. That's you it. know, and now being old, I, you know, I come in with my knee pads on, <laughs> and, you know, my goggles, and they like, oh, man, who is this old nerd? Yeah. Who's this, Uncle you know, Drew? Like, this ain't no Uncle right, Drew. Come on now. Right. You know, by the time they down $1,000, then they be like, oh, man, you didn't hustle. No, I didn't. <laughs> they, they think they're seeing Urkel on the basketball court, but you're Stefan, and then you light them up, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Hey, but by the way, I thought of another comparison with the UNLV team and the Baylor team. Yeah. Grandmama would have been a the, cougar, right? Ooh, that's right. <laughs> you know you know what? You know what? You know where he signed that after um he signed with SMU. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, huh? he signed with SMU back in the day, but you know they had got in that trouble with Carl Wright. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, they had Carl Wright, John Contact, um, Contact, and they had a couple more people. They they took Georgetown to overtime or something. Yeah, they did. You know, in the in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good game. Great stuff. Yeah, but yeah, he signed. Yeah, he signed with SMU. Then he went to um, JC, and then um, Coach Tark snapped him up, snapped him, snatched him right up. Mm, great stuff, man. All right, Anderson, appreciate the time, man. We're definitely gonna keep reaching out to you, man, and, and touch base again. And especially, hopefully, the UNLV program gets revived with uh, with Kevin and then Lon moving back here as well too. But uh, we look forward to seeing you around town, man. Oh man, yeah, I'll be back. Matter of fact, I'll be back on the seventeenth. So, yeah, we'll get together have lunch or something. You got that right. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate y'all for having me. You got it. Take care, brother. All right. Anderson Hunt. There is a former UNLV guard. 29 points in that championship game. That 103-73 thrashing of Duke. Most outstanding player in the tournament. And one of UNLV's favorites. Yeah, I mean, just a good guy, uh, you know. It is, it is reminiscent, and that's one thing that's kind of cool when you know when you do have a season like this, like Gonzaga had, because it does bring up all those old teams, and people can reminisce in that. And you know, it's like you know playing for Jerry Tarkanian, and that's why I wanted to bring up that one thing. Yeah. I've talked to so many players on those old teams; they were relieved when it was game day. It wasn't pressure; oh. it was thank goodness we get to beat the hell out of somebody Absolutely. else. Absolutely, no. I'd say <laughs> I've always preached that myself, man. You know, we just you have your wars in the gym. In practice, and the games are easy. For, for any successful team, that's the way it always is. So, yeah, and it's great, like I said before, to you know have UNLV mentioned in these conversations of Gonzaga or Baylor and comparing them so uh, the Rebel legacy continues to live on. We can only hope that the Rebels get back to some sort of prominence very, very the soon. The days of Gucci Row. The Gucci Row, very <laughs> nice. All right, uh, appreciate Anderson Hunt for joining us. The big seven-footer will join us on the other side of the hour. We'll talk a little more uh, basketball on the NBA side as well, too. It is the T.C. Martin Show on this Wednesday.